Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Madison podcast. I am your host for today, whether you like it or not. Ben Lavender, New York's favorite British mortgage broker. Again, whether you like it or not. And we have a very, very special guest today, uh, someone that I have tremendous respect for, um, who's been in the business for a little bit and is doing really, really well. And I also consider a very good friend, uh, Mr. Mark Metzler. Am I even, I always ask on every podcast if I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Did I hit You did it? actually. And okay. I get a lot of melters, so I really appreciate that you actually pronounced it Metzler. Metz. Metzler, like New York Metz. Yes. And I tell it to people all but the better. time and, and you they win. screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Well, welcome, That's man. It. Thank you. G Thanks glad for to having have me. you on finally. Yes. We are excited. So, Mark, let's kind of dive in yeah. to you, man. Tell us about like the beginning of your career. Cause I, I think a lot of people who will who will watch this or even like see some of the feed on social, like hmm. somewhere where you're really gonna shine is being a newer agent to the in to the industry but basically crushing it yeah right to uh not not to brag too much well i'm bragging for you so there yeah. you go so you're doing really really I great do right. and uh <laughs> and, I, and i think a lot of people whether you're a veteran in the business or you're a newbie in the business um can really learn a lot from a guy like mark that you know even though we i just kind of brag for him but mark takes i feel mark you take like a humble approach to the business you work hard and yeah man but take it away tell us how you got into the business why you love the business all that jazz yeah absolutely so um some of you know if you're watching this on social that i used to be in automotive detailing i'm a big car guy just like ben that's why we're friends aside from that we're not really friends it's just cars <laughs> don't let him fool you so i was an automotive detailer for a little while you know just hustling you know constantly doing side work trying to make uh make as much money as possible but eventually i came to the realization that doesn't really pay the bills as much as I wanted it to. So I got into personal finance and investing and all that good stuff and realized I needed a higher income career and something I can control a lot more than, you know, just a nine to five making, let's say 20 bucks an hour. Um, and so I got into, I started looking into car sales because I like cars, all that good stuff. Spoke to a few car salesmen. They said, absolutely not. Don't do it. Really? And it's because like the whole Carvana thing and the internet buying, oh, people it's don't on, care. On its way out. Yeah, yeah, people don't care. You can buy a car online, have it delivered to your house. People don't know the difference. You know, you say, I want a red RAV4. Okay, great. It's delivered. But you can't exactly do that with real estate. Not to mention, you can't build a relationship. So if, you know, Ben goes out and buys a Maserati tomorrow, and three years down the road, he says, you know, I'm not really a fan of Maseratis right now because they have this new Mercedes that's out. I just lost Ben as a customer because I sold him a Maserati and now I can't sell him a Mercedes Benz because I only work in Maserati. So, you know, you lost that relationship and now you got to wait another three years to hopefully sell you another Maserati. I don't want to take that chance. So I started looking into real estate sales and, and so what actually made you look into real estate to begin with? Uh, so I got into real estate investing because my father's a landlord mm. and I wanted to learn more about it so that I could, you know, set myself up for financial freedom. Um, I started watching Graham Stephan on YouTube. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar. Not familiar no. He's a real estate agent out in, um, well, you, he was in California. Now he's in Vegas and now he's a full blown YouTuber making like $6 million a year, but Good he man. got into real estate sales at 18 years old and started real estate investing, owns quite a few properties. And that's the main reason that I got into real estate sales. Gotcha. So the more I learned about it, the more I realized I could do it. 
Okay, so, so got into it, got licensed, and joined a brokerage in December of 2019. So how how did you even go about doing that? Because I feel a lot of people want to jump into the business, and I'm I'm not saying everyone should jump into the no, business, please right? Don't. Because it, well, there's some statistic, right? Like uh, within a year, two years, what like 80% of the new people drop out. I would say even closer to 90. 90. Okay, yeah. so obviously, if you're going to jump in, know what you're getting into. It's because. Yeah. It's not like it is on on TV, right? Where it's like everything is so easy and it's just like pick one, two or the third property. Yeah, it's it's a grind. It's very rewarding, both monetarily and I feel emotionally, at least on, on the mortgage side. Yeah. Right. Because we are helping people do things that, you know, are very, very difficult to do to buy a house, to get qualified, to get offers accepted. But sorry, can continue, yeah. Mark. Yeah. So uh yeah, it was, um, I started in December of 2019. I started getting, you know, started getting into uh, the licensing course, which is a 75 hour course here in New York. And Jesus. it's super, super easy. Don't let anybody tell you it's difficult. Okay. If it's difficult, don't get into real estate. That's my piece of advice for you. <laughs> okay. Um, and so you do the 75 hour course, you can do it online, you can do it in person. I did it online because I used to work eight to five, go to the gym from like six to seven, maybe eight o'clock come home, study real estate, and then go to sleep, start all over again. How long did you study for? Uh, months. I just did, you know, a couple hours a night. And it's at first I was paying really, really close attention to everything that was in the course. And then somebody told me you'll never use any of that information ever again, which nice. is very true. Yeah. You know, you'll learn how many square feet are in an acre. And that's about it. That's all you need to know, guys. <laughs> just so you know, um, everything else is just sales skills. So yeah, it doesn't teach you the sales side. Of the no, business. not a thing. And it doesn't teach you how to meet clients. It doesn't teach you how to do anything. It just teaches you how to not get sued, um, which is what your broker's there yeah, for. Well, to, to be fair, that is important. It's important, but, but you know, it doesn't set you up for success. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you finish the 75 hour course, you take a couple tests. You know, again, if you fail the test, seriously, you're either a bad test taker, which happens, or you're not meant for this career. Just another piece of advice for you. Um, you take the test and then you sign with the brokerage. And my one thing is I wish I interviewed more brokerages, but I'm very happy with where I am. Okay. So can you expand on that? Because I feel like because this business is so challenging and there is so much to learn, yeah. me mentorship is key. And we have it is. An another mentorship aspect um, that you got into recently, which I don't we'll want to touch on now. Later, we'll yeah. get to it. Um, but how should an agent really go about interviewing brokerages and selecting the right place for them. So it's difficult when you're a new agent because you have no idea what to expect. You don't know what, you know, if some, if I come in and I offer you a 50% split and I say, you know, we'll give you a couple of leads a month, you're going to be like, oh, cool. This is, you know, this is great. Yeah. And then you walk into a different brokerage and they give you a 60% split and they give you a website and a CRM and all that good stuff. And they're like, crap, you know, the 50% sounded really good. What else is out there? Mm. So I would tell people interview as many as possible, but the best piece of advice that I wish I took is go to the absolute best brokerage in the town that you want to work in and go to try and position yourself to work on a, the best team there. Because if they're successful, they have, you know, they have all the, um, the systems in place. They have all the branding in place. They have a name for themselves. They probably have a lot of listings for you to leverage. And that's what I would tell newer agencies to do. Go that to the best sense. team at the best brokerage in the nicest area that you can find and join. Yeah. If they'll let you. 
If they'll let you. Yeah, yeah, you have to position yourself to work there. So what does that mean to you to position yourself, like to show grind, grit? Show, you know, humility, show, um, be coachable, you know, just show up, say, hey, listen, I'm work willing to work hard. I will do two to three open houses a weekend. You know, I am going to be here every day, etc. cetera. Um, you know, I feel like it's either in you or it's not. You have to show up and be a hard worker. Yeah. And a lot of people show up and expect business to be handed to them doesn't work it does not no yeah a, a common thing that you know i hear on the mortgage side is like a, a realtor a newer realtor will enter the business because you know their grandma is looking to sell their home yeah and you know <laughs> then their mom or whatever the case may be and then after that they have zero business and exactly. they and they drop out so for for a newer agent mark i mean obviously we don't want to give away all the secrets <laughs> but uh, beyond, you know, the immediate family member who just told you that they're, yeah. they're selling their home, like how would a new agent go about even getting business? I mean, I know so, there are a million ways, but, yeah. but the newer ones. The newer ones. So I was sort of fortunate and sort of not fortunate at the same time because I moved into an area where I had no sphere. I had no family. I Nobody, I've gotten like two deals from my sphere and they're both, you know, on the buy side, they were smaller deals. And while they were my first deals, you know, they were smaller deals. And they were not in the area that I want to work in. And it's, right now I would refer those deals out. Mm. Um, but there's a million ways, like you said, to find new business. Go out there, meet people. I used to meet people at Starbucks pre-COVID, you know, sit down, have a cup of coffee, work on a laptop. If you're going to work on a laptop at the office, you can work on a laptop at Starbucks. Yeah. And then, you and know. The, and the purpose of that, I assume, is to meet just people. generate business, talk yeah. to people, uh, build relationships, like meet some guy, um, comment on you know his watch maybe he's got a really nice watch on maybe he's got maybe really he nice shoes on it anyway <laughs> yeah maybe he's got it maybe he pulls up in a nice lexus or something yeah. like that and you're like oh you know how do you like that car i met a guy at the gas station are the you other making day. fun of my lexus mock no I'm not. <laughs> okay. maybe he's got a nice lexus that's what i said <laughs> it's nicer than my honda let's put it that way all right i'll keep it humble here yeah so it's um so you're saying you met a yeah. guy at the gas station that way yeah i mean i i've Walked out of the gas station the other day. The guy had an X5, one of the newer ones with the M, M5, or M, uh, M50. Mm. So, you know, I, I walked That's up to him and I was guy, like, yeah. hey, listen, you know, does that ride nice? Mm. And he was just like, what? And I was like, I know it's super weird. You know, I'm just a random guy at a gas station. It's 11 o'clock at night. But, you know, does that vehicle ride nice? Because I'm looking into getting one. And him and I had a great conversation. Honestly, he just listed his home up in Arno, up in Armok. I'm like, if I had met you two weeks earlier. Yeah, <laughs> you would have got it. But, uh you know, it's, you can build relationships very easily if you're a nice person yeah. and you just have to talk about something that interests them. The guy yeah, special ordered his car. You. Yeah. Like you're not going to be like, yeah. hello, random person. I'm a realtor. Use me for everything. You're, exactly. You, know, you have to take genuine interest in someone. Yeah. And, and pick your, you know, pick something that they're passionate about, which is a little bit hard sometimes, but also pick something you're passionate about. Um, so like I'm a car guy, I like coffee, I like, you know, whiskeys, I like all that good stuff. Pick something that you can relate to the potential client with and go from there. Maybe they have a really nice house, maybe they have a really nice watch, like I said. Something that you guys connect on, you'll build that relationship and people want to work with, you know, friends. They don't always want to work with the best. Yeah. So. That's that's a really good point. It's like it's who you know, like and trust. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be the best person on the planet, but yeah. you know, you have to know what you're doing. Exactly. And that's why as as a newer agent, you have a broker. You have someone yeah. to handhold you through that transaction. Yeah. So what about Mark? I, I think this is uh 
a key one for, for newer people in the business. And again, this applies to both realtors and new mortgage people, mm-hmm. right? Is uh, imposter syndrome, right? Okay. Is, is jumping, like how would you recommend someone who is newer, right? And yeah. is like trying to show themselves as an expert that let's say they go on a listing appointment and they're six months in the business, mm-hmm. right? Like how do they, what's the word, kind of like compensate or make up for the fact that they're newer? What approach should they so take? They can do one of two things. Either you can work incredibly hard and be an expert in your area, be an expert on the market, know a lot about marketing your, the property, yeah. um, you know, be genuine, connect with the seller, connect with the buyer, whatever you got to do. Or you can say, hey, listen, Ben, I got this listing appointment at this $5 million home in Scarsdale. You know, I don't know anything about it. I know you sell a lot in Scarsdale. Can you help me? And 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Let's be honest. So if you walk in there and you stumble over your words, you don't know what you're doing. You you walk in, they say, well, how many homes have you sold in Scarsdale? And you go zero. And they're going to be like, okay, well, have a nice day. But Ben sells a lot in Scarsdale and I'm going to help him. And he's going to be coming in and I'm just going to be helping out Ben. So I got the lead. Ben gets half a listing. I get to learn from him because he's been in the business for so much longer than I have. And everybody wins. That's freaking awesome. So, yeah. And like I said, you don't have to bring somebody else in, but I did that for my first million dollar listing and it worked out beautifully. We ended up selling it and, you know, those and people how, are how on to their next How much did home. you learn from that too? Oh, ev- like, <laughs> Johan, if you're watching this, you know, we learned everything on that deal. <laughs> <laughs> I Everything that could have gone wrong on that deal went wrong because I was newer and I was taking the lead and I didn't do a lot of my homework. I didn't, you know, know that much about marketing. I didn't know where those buyers were coming from. Mm. And through that, through screwing up, I learned a lot, honestly. And every single deal I do, I learn something new. Yeah. You know, that goes on forever. Yeah, I feel. exactly. It's uh, there's always something new, even when you think you've seen everything. It's yeah. still it's there, there are so many variables you yeah. know I, I think murphy's law does apply to the business if yeah. something can go wrong it will yes but we are here <laughs> to save the day especially or, when you have horrible mortgage brokers yeah like me yeah um <laughs> so uh so seriously speaking um yes another thing that i i think is is kind of key is you know because you you've got you've had a lot of growth of mm-hmm. the past how, how long have you been in the business mark uh, a little less than two years now which is insane. So <laughs> given how much you're doing, so yeah. what do you, what's the right way to frame this? Like what inspires you to do better or be better? Or like how do you sharpen, continue to sharpen your skill set? So I'm, I'm a big believer in, like we said, you know, there, you're never done learning. You're always trying to find something new to be better at. Um, I do believe it's something that's like inside you. You have to have, you know, a little bit of hunger. You have to be a bit, a bit of a hustler. Um, you know, I watch the greats in this industry, the Ryan Serhants, the Josh Altmans, the um, everybody that's on, you know, major social media um, platforms. And they're doing such amazing things. And I always try to associate myself with them, associate myself with their team, talk with them through social media, with... Um, a lot of like mastermind areas and like clinics and business stuff. Um, So just surround yourself with people that are doing better than you are. Yeah. And I find that, you know, there's always a way to push the envelope and be better. You know, it's 
I think it just has to be inside you. And that you gotta takes be humility to, to say, it too. It does. Which is something that is fairly rare in our business. Humility. Yeah. Especially the people that need it the most. I, I find yeah. that the biggest producers tend to be the most humble. Yeah. With the exception of a few. But, of they're, you know, they're open minded. They've seen the ups and downs of the business. And yeah. they, they know it could go sideways at any second. Like, for me personally, Mark, like, I approach every day as if I have zero loans. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. You know, and that's that's key. It's what keeps Because keeps they're going to close. Yeah, you exactly. Know, they're a month close. or two later, they're going to close and now you have nothing. So if you don't consistently fill up that pipeline, yeah. uh, two months, you're gonna, not going to have a paycheck. That's a good point. How do you manage your, your <laughs> pipeline and manage that process, right? Because it's it's a balance of managing the deals, getting your co- your current clients into contract, yeah. and then prospecting for new business. Like, is there a way that you structure your day or um, is there a magic to that for you? So there is a way to structure your day. I haven't gotten into it yet. A lot of, a lot of highly successful realtors will time block mm. and they'll do a lot of lead generation in the morning. So I know people that, you know, when we could cold call in New York, um, three to four hours a morning cold calling for sale by owners, is, expired is it listings. Still illegal? It's still illegal. It's, wow. Okay. Yeah. There's sort of a loophole to get around it, but I won't mention that. <laughs> um, basically, if you talk to them 10 years ago, you can contact them again and it's called following up. Oh, okay. <laughs> if. And they'll never know the difference. Gotcha. So um, well, the, they have the major cold callers in the industry, odds are they've called you before. Yeah. So um yeah time blocking is huge so you got to find time to lead generate and then you know as you grow in the industry you'll learn how to convert better and set appointments every day i was at business uh business planning clinic yesterday and i think based on our average commission like two to three appointments a week you're at a half a million dollars in gci nice so it's really not hard yeah um the problem is you know if you were a new agent i could give you all the tools to be successful but and i could tell you exactly how to do it but nobody executes and that's the problem. So, you know, you could know everything about mortgages, but if you don't pick up the phone and call somebody, or if you don't post on social media or you don't call somebody back, you're not going to do any deals. Agreed. And you're not going to close any loans. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I think it's, it's about it, honestly. All right, man. So coffee break, this is, Another thing that I I actually wanted to touch on too is the difference in the business. Because again, you've been in the business almost two years, but why I find that so interesting is because you entered the business at an interesting time when there was a dramatic shift uh, in the market. Like, What did you notice or how have you changed your strategy from 20, you know, 2020, yeah. right, beginning 2020 when COVID first hit and basically the entire market went on pause. Yeah. Like, what were you doing then? What are you doing now that every now that everything has opened up? Or ha- has your approach changed at all? Um, I wouldn't say the approach changed. I just got better at it. Mm. Um, so I'm a big open house guy. I'm very good in person. Okay. Um, How many open houses do you do a week on average? A week, usually. I'll, I'll do usually two a month. Okay. Um, Because a a lot of times I'll do the open house and then the next weekend I'm out showing them properties. Gotcha. You know, if I convert that lead and I actually connect with that buyer or that seller, I'm out on appointments, I'm out on a listing appointment, um, a buyer console, or I'm out showing properties. So you're having success meeting people at open houses. Yeah. Open houses and a lot of networking events and stuff like that. I'm I'm very good in person. You are. Um, And I don't like to sit down and cold call. (laughs) Which is fair. A lot of people don't. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've done it and it works, but 
not a good time. Yeah. I got into this business because I wanted to enjoy what I was doing while making a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, well, do you have a particular approach when you meet people at open houses that helps you convert them? Because look, a lot of agents meet people at open yeah. houses and they don't convert them. They basically, all right, here's the house, here's the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right, so. um, I think same thing with meeting people in, in, you know, generic areas. Like if you're at Starbucks, you got to connect with them on something. Mm. So find something. If they pulled up in a Tesla, oh, wow, you know, that Tesla's so cool. And, you know, um, how do you like it so far? How long have you had it, et cetera? If they walk in and they've got, you know, three little kids and, you know, maybe they're uh, just about to be going into elementary, you say, oh, you know, are you looking into this area because of the schools? Is there a particular school district you're looking for? Oh, wow, how old are they, or et cetera? Um, find something to connect with them on and you're going to build that relationship. You're going to convert that lead. So it's, it's kind of the, the same kind of thing, thing, right? Is make it about them. It, it's sales skills. And, it, and is. it is about them. Yeah. Truth be told. It is. Yeah. You know, cause if, if you come to me and you say, Hey Mark, I want to buy a house. I'm going to go, okay, what do you want to buy? And you go ah, three bed, you know, two bath. I'm gonna go, okay, but what's important to you? Yeah. You know, is a big, yeah, is a sure big garage important? Like three bed, two yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a big garage important? Are you looking for a specific school district? Are you looking for a specific taxes? What's your budget? Are you pre-approved? Should I send yeah. you to Ben? <laughs> the answer um, is always yes. Yes. Always get them pre-approved. <laughs> and so, you know, are you looking for an open space? Are you looking for a center hall colonial? Are you looking for acreage? What's important to you? Are you looking for a home with character? Should we look into tutors, etc.? Um you know, because it is about them. You got to, it's, you know, as, as much as I hate to see it on realtors' bios, please stop doing this. Real estate matchmaker, stop saying that. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. But it is kind of true. You know, you got to pair the buyer or the seller with their home, with their new home. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, you just got to figure out exactly what they want and what their personality style is. There's more to and it than just checking that. the boxes. Yeah. Um, and this is something that. And that also helps you close them. Yeah. So if they're walking through a home and they see like, oh, well, you know, it looks perfect, but, you know, I don't like the green wall. And you're like, listen, this is in the area you want. It's close to the train. You can walk to the train from here. You've got this. You've got that. You've got the big backyard. You're not going to find this anywhere else. Let's get the green wall painted. I know it's super weird because it's a lime green wall in your living room, mm. but we can get that fixed. Let's talk about an offer on this property. And that's how you're going to convert more. So that's absolutely massive. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you said that. So, because what I find is, and again, I'm a mortgage broker, right? Yeah. But I do, you know, when I speak to my pre-approved clients and they're saying, you know, I'm having difficulty, like something, sometimes this will happen is that they'll see, they'll tell an agent, right? Yeah. That I'm looking in this area with this budget. And then two weeks later, they have an offer accepted with a completely different freaking budget and a completely freaking different area. Yeah. Right. Can you give any insight as to why that happens to begin with and um, how to, to stop it or basically to find what someone really wants, even though they don't even know, like they're telling you something yeah. else. So we went over this yesterday. Um, Asking them why they want to move. Why do you want to buy a home? What's important to you? Kind of the whole uh, script that I just went through, like what's important to you in your new home? Why is that important to you? When do you see yourself being there? Really dive deep into the client, really dive deep into what their needs are and what their wants are so that you can tailor it to a specific area. Mm. Like I had met with a buyer earlier this year. He was looking to buy his first home. He really wanted a, a single family home, you know, like a raised ranch. 
pool in the backyard, big backyard for his kids. He wanted a nice school district. I'm like, okay, great. You know, that's the American dream. I get it. He's renting right now. He's like, I want to own a home and I want to own a house. I'm like, okay, great. And he goes, I'm like, where are you looking? And he goes, well, I don't really know. And I was like, (laughs) and so he was in Yonkers at the time. And based on his budget, he was looking, you know, for what he wanted. He was looking all the way up in Dutchess County. Gotcha. So I'm like, I have no problem going at the, up to Judges County for you because it was a f- referral from another agent. And so I will go above and beyond for my referral partners because you trusted me with your client. I'll take care of them. Um, always refer to me. Good man. <laughs> um, so I brought them up there. I helped them check out a few things and they weren't ready to pull the trigger on anything. Every showing they were kind of arguing at. But, you know, have they bought anything? No, unfortunately. Have I stopped talking to them? Kind of. But it's just the way it goes. Helping them narrow that down is really involved in the buyer consult. Yeah. Because you've got to ask the right questions. You've got to ask the right questions. That's all sales the same gets. thing. That's all it's, sales it's, it's, it's the same pattern. It's asking the right questions and going into the why, getting deeper into it. This way you know what they want. And it's with every scenario, with the open yeah. house, with meeting new people, with setting up your sales script. Yeah. It really is. It makes it makes a ton of sense. And like I said, you know, once you know more about it and what their reason why is for moving, you can help close them and then you're on to the next deal. Yeah. And that's how you're going to increase your 1099 at the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, make more what, money. Which is what everyone wants. And buy more cars. Buy more cars. With, so we're getting them off. That's it. We'll get there soon before, you know, we know we'll be yeah. driving around in Pagani's and just that's it. That's making it rain for. on these mother... So you can bleep that out, Chris. Um, okay, so this is a, an interesting one, actually, because yeah. I'm genuinely curious to know what you're going to say. Is right. uh, Other than being a um, a giant man, yes. what... Mark is 6'5", by the way. He is a, he's a big boy. Should have been a quarterback. Yeah, should have. It's not yeah. too late. Um, yeah. What differentiates you from other realtors? So, it's a good question. Um and I had a feeling you would ask me that, and I still don't have an answer for you. Gotcha. Um, but I'll try and answer it now. Um, I think just marketing skills is number one, and just market knowledge is number two. You know, at the end of the day, obviously the sales skills will be there. There are amazing salesmen and saleswomen in this industry. In this industry, they're going to connect with you a little bit better than I am, based on your personality type or whatever it may be. There are people that you know are better at pricing than I am. They're better. There are people that are better at marking than I am. However, the fact that I never, ever give up on a listing, I've never had a listing fail to sell, nice. which is really nice. And I like to brag about that in a listing console. That, that's an um, accomplishment. Yep. And part of that is, it's not me, by the way, it's the market. But I like to bring that up in a listing console because it gets me the deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways to sell property. Mm. to get more exposure, to make sure that your home at 1313 Mockingbird Lane, because it's Halloween on Sunday, (laughs) is going to be broadcasted to everybody so that every single buyer that is potentially interested in buying a home sees your property. Mm. And if they see it and it's $10 million and it's really only worth 500 grand, they're not going to like it. So you got to know market knowledge. How many days on market is it going to be? You know, is it priced appropriately? What type of buyer uh, buys this property? Where do they usually come from? Should I send an ad out to that area? Um, the only reason I got a buyer for that million dollar listing from last year was because we put targeted ads in Queens. Gotcha. And that Queens buyer came in and bought that Bronx property. Yep. Now I know that a lot of Queens buyers are buying up in my, in my area in Westchester and Bronx. So now I know to run ads out there. Mm. 
So like we said before, you know, you're constantly learning, you're constantly figuring out new ways to sell properties, you're constantly figuring out new ways to connect with clients and close loans and all that good stuff. Something that you said in the very beginning there, which I find so freaking true is market first and then skill set market knowledge. Yeah second so like i know so many loan officers who have all the underwriting knowledge in the world but they don't do that much business because they don't put themselves out there and vice versa i know some loan officers who are complete idiots but they market themselves so well and they do a ton of business yeah right so it's it's a combination of the two but marketing comes first really It's, it's what keeps the bills paid it's what keeps the pipeline full exactly and that's another thing where like a lot of realtors in this industry and a lot of a lot of professionals in general whether you're an attorney you're a mortgage uh, mortgage broker you're a realtor you're a real estate attorney anything um you have to do both right you have to be knowledgeable about the market knowledgeable about your product your service whatever you do and you have to put yourself out there and so usually people do one or the other yeah you know either they're spending hours cold calling and they build a good business but i can't find them online because they don't have any online presence and they don't send out postcards they don't make do yourself anything. easy to find yeah like it or, drives me crazy when i see people with private profiles in the business i like, love that do you, do you not want people to contact you or you, you know what i love yeah. it because they're not going to work with them yeah buyers and sellers are not going to work oh with it's them. great for you it's yeah. great for me absolutely but it's just you know? silly like when even when i see someone's profile and let's say it's a public profile yeah it doesn't have the fact you know like like, I'm a realtor. This is how you contact me. Yeah. It's like a picture of their dog's nephew or something. And like, yeah. there's nothing on it. It's like, you don't want business. You have to make it easy yeah. for people to contact you. And like, there is there is a reason why, Mark, like I use the exact same picture yeah. for every single thing that I have. My yeah. signature, my business card, Facebook, Instagram, everything is because it keeps the branding consistent. Yeah. Right? It's like, a, but a lot of people, they don't even have their own picture. It's uh, It really <laughs> boggles my mind. Man. Or, you I, know, I think it's, it's a, crazy. It's a 20-year-old headshot from when they first got into the industry. And, <laughs> you know, the, the realtor that shows In, up at your house is a completely different person. Infamous. Yeah. yeah. The, this is a major problem in the business and i think that we need uh, an yeah. actual police type force for old expired <laughs> you want to start it from 20 years ago you yeah, want to start do it? it let's do it let's all do right it. i don't know who will fund it but i don't know we'll just make an instagram page and it'll be hilarious yeah not for profit oh my yeah. god dude imagine if we did that and we just roasted everyone that'd be great like we get their current picture and yeah. then their old picture from 20 listen years ago. <laughs> listen we got instagram pages like the broke agent and actually agents and shout out to you guys yeah um, those pages are amazing. you know they roast the industry yeah and they still do a ton of business, so we can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the major thing that a lot of people miss is they don't prospect or they don't prospect enough, and then they don't market behind it. So they do one or the other. So if they're prospecting and they're cold calling or they're door knocking or they're doing open houses, and then you go home that night and you're like, oh, well, you know, I met John at this open house. You know, he seems like a nice guy. And you go online, you check out John's website, and it just says, you know, find your home. Mm-hmm. And it's just a generic brokerage website. And you're like, well, you know, John, maybe not so successful. Don't know anything about John. Forgot what his favorite color was already. I don't care. Yep. That connection's lost. It's over. You didn't convert that lead. You're not going to close that sale. And you're not going to increase your 1099. Um, so it's prospecting based and marketing enhanced. And that is the number one thing Very that I have it. carried on throughout this entire career of two years. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's it really is important 
Because if I connect with you, like I said, on social media and you check out my website and you see all the amazing things that are on my website, my reviews, my recently sold properties, my listings, et cetera, you're going to go, wow, this, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. But if, like I said, we connect on social and you go to my website and it just looks like a Zillow page, you're going to go, all right, well, all right, screw marks, you know, forget this guy. Yeah. Um, so it's prospecting based and marketing enhanced. And usually people do one or the other, anyway. like you said, yeah. you know, and so, market knowledge. So. so Mark, how let's yeah. talk about social then. So yeah. what what is your approach to social media? I don't know if it's advanced or it's basic. Like how do you use it to, you know, fuel your business basically? So social media is tough because it is kind of like a part-time job. Mm. Um you know, it, it takes a lot of effort. You got to produce the content like we're doing here today. Like, could I be doing a listing appointment right now? Yes, yeah. but it's not going to grow my social. It's not going to, you know, enhance my image. It's not going to make me look good. Um, so you got to create the content, whether it's taking a selfie at an open house, you know, doing an Instagram live, doing whatever it's got to be. It takes time and it takes effort. And you got to remember to do that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that like <clears throat> that I do on social media is I try to connect with a lot of people. And I don't care if you're an agent or not. Maybe you're an agent in Kansas and you're going to send me a referral one day. Let's do it. Like, let's connect on social. Maybe I like your content and I'm going to steal your stuff because I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, I like that post. I'm going to do something similar. Let's do it. Um, or maybe you're awesome and I might connect with you and, you know, chat with you every day, um, which I do. I have friends in Florida. I have friends in San Diego. I got friends in Boston that, you know, I've met once in my life and now we're best friends. Um because social helps you maintain that connection. Yeah, it really does. And then, you know, I found people, people have found me through social media, reached out cold. Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Can you help me? And I'm like, absolutely, I can. That's why I post on social. Yeah. Um, and and but, part of the, the reason I, I find, Mark, is, you know, for me, my social presence is, yeah. uh, it's not amazing what I do, but it's consistent. Yeah. Right. So when people see your profile, because your social presence is kind of like, a live resume yeah in a way so when someone reaches out to you and i think this goes hand in hand with what you were saying before that you don't like to cold call yeah you're more of a warm relationship because i get the same thing right like part of it is that when people message me on facebook instagram it's not like ben are you good at what you do ben what are your rates what are the fees yeah. are you what is your ranking it's basically like ben i'm looking to buy a home what do i need to do yeah is that something you experienced too? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have people that would reach out to me and say like, you know, what do you do different about selling properties than I do? It's yeah. the, kind of the same thing. Like, hey, I'm looking to buy a house. Can you help? And so that really is helpful. Well, the social, um, but the social platform on your content yeah. basically converts them for you. Yeah. It's already done. So exactly. like when they're in your inbox, it's a warm Exactly. Lead, warm exactly. Power, yeah. Um, which is nice. And, you know, it's, I don't do a lot of lead gen through social right now. I'm looking to, obviously I'm growing my following every day, but eventually people will reach out to me more. Mm -hmm. I would say if I get like one a month, it's a lot through Instagram or Facebook. Um, but still one a month is one more than I had, yep. you know? Um, what was the question? <laughs> That yeah. was it, kind of right. like your, yeah. your general approach to social in general. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing too crazy. I don't do a lot of reels. I'm not a big video guy. Um, yes. This would probably be the most video that you see from me. I'm going to I'm not the big like take out my phone and take a selfie or take a, a real kind of person. Like I'm yeah. more of a professional setup, like somebody else do it for me, have a professional. Um, 
But, you know, I try to post five times a week, give or take. Yeah. I've been advised to do seven to ten and do a lot of stories and stuff like that because I work with an amazing team that advises me. And we'll get into that later. Um, and they're amazing with branding. But, yeah. you know, obviously I need to post more just so I can be I can stay top of mind with my followers. Well, let's flip that to the other side, right? Because yeah. it's one thing to post content. But yes. The, the other part is interacting with people, True. with other people's socials. Yeah. Do you have a specific approach to that or just kind of random? Um, nothing structured. It was, um, I try to just connect with people and comment well, on other if, people's if, stuff. If it's structured, then honestly, it's, it's a little bit less genuine. It is. You know, if I go on every single post and like everything that you post, you're not going to reach out to me, first of all. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be like, BS. yeah, if I if I go on your page and like 50 posts, you're going to block me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. I'm going to look like a stalker. But if I DM you and say, oh, that's a really sick Aston Martin in your latest video, you're going to be like, absolutely it is. And, you know, we're going to have a conversation around that. Well, so, something um, I, I like to do, by the way, just to drive like, Aston Martins. Well, of course, that's always fun. But like, I just like to fuck dress up as 007. That too, that too. We got more of that coming. Yeah. Um, is like if I follow someone new, yeah. just to screw with them, I'll go to like the very, the oldest post. Like I'll scroll all the way down and just like that. Oh, you're that and person. like nothing else, just to like yeah. get a little reaction. I do it once in a while, but it's it's fun. That's a fun approach to scare people. Yeah, I can imagine. I, uh, I don't know if I would notice that because I don't check my likes that often, but I'm sure there's people that do. <laughs> they like it. Hey, look, yeah. it gets a conversation going sometimes. Like, yeah. hey, you freak. Yeah, like, exactly. I've, I've no shame in, in looking like a complete widow on social. Yeah. But no, I mean, uh, you and I connected so through social. I mean, that's true. You're in Long Island. I'm in Westchester County. If you yeah. guys don't know, that's not exactly close, but it's no. sort of close. It's like an hour drive sometimes with traffic. And we connected through social. You know, I was like, holy crap, this guy, this guy closes a lot of deals. And then I was like, oh, he's a mortgage broker. That's why. Um, but still closes a lot of loans because he's all awesome. Brokers close a lot of deals, man. Yeah, well, I thought you were a realtor because I was. You were like, oh, close, 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 and I'm like, whoa, hang on. I was like, <laughs> I gotta follow this guy. I was like, damn, he's doing all right. And then I was like, oh, he's a mortgage mortgage uh, mortgage broker. And I was like, damn, all right, cool. But you know, from that we started chatting, and now we're uh, doing this podcast. And let's expand into some shit talking oh geez here we go is, is good this will yeah be good. so tell us about some bad experiences that you've had with both other agents in the business no names of course no, agents no, no. and loan officers yeah well what's what's like the worst interaction that you've had in your career so worst i've had with an agent so far is there was a listing agent on a co-op in yonkers uh that's all i'll say and you know who you are you know who you are all right you you were yelled at for this <laughs> <laughs> my attorney screamed at you let's be honest so he was and it's a he he was using the previous listing agents photos from when his clients bought the home mm. and he was using them as the listing photos for his new listing and they were two different colors because he was blending them with like photos he took with his iPhone with the previous photos. And like they were like orange walls and there were blue walls. And I was just like, what's going on? That's here? just weird. Yeah. It's also yeah. illegal. Yeah. You'll get in a lot of trouble for that. And so when I, I wanted to get my offer accepted because there was multiple offers because this is the market. And so I didn't say anything. I wasn't going to bring it up. And then eventually the appraisal came through and I was like, hey, listen, you know, I know you have uh, old photos. Can I get some current photos? And uh, by the time we closed, there was an issue because my buyer was looking at the property online and she thought that the shower had a glass door 
and it actually had a curtain and a rod when we went Got through it. the final walkthrough. And so she was like, hey, listen, what happened to my glass door? Yeah. Because she was looking at it online. She was from Queens and she was looking at the photos online. She's like, what happened to my glass door? You guys took it out. And the sellers were like, no, we didn't. It's always been like that. And she's like, but the photos show. Yeah. So the sellers were pissed off at the agent. My attorney was pissed off at the agent. I wasn't super thrilled. Yeah. My buyer wasn't super thrilled. Just um, lazy. Yeah. Laziness. It's it's like two, three hundred bucks for professional photos. Honestly, just pay it. Seriously. It's a business. It's it's your branding. Yeah. It's your branding. Just mm, drives me nuts. I saw. I've seen million dollar properties with like photos taken from a Motorola Razor. I swear to God. Which is yeah, which is a awful. joke. Well, Mark, I think you find this funny. I saw the other day as another agent posted it onto their story. Hmm. Um, you know, description from the MLS, which literally just said, "I don't know what to put here." <laughs> Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. It's like, come on, you're selling someone's home. They're, yeah. They're number you're one selling it. Asset. And you put in the description, I don't know what to put here. It's comical. And it was real. It wasn't like some BS that's, thing. It was that's such a this joke. was the Long Island MLS. That's such um, a joke. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Disgraceful. But again, if, um, if these morons can get business, yeah. it means you can too. Yeah, you, you can know, get ten times more. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not just agents, it's loan officers too, you know. I met with this guy, Ben Lavender. Oh, shit. No, sorry. <laughs> You'll need a beep there. Um, but yeah, tell us some uh, bad loan officer stories. It's yeah. always good to hear from an agent's perspective, right? What we yeah. do that you guys love and what we do that you hate. Yeah. So uh, without naming names, you know, I recently closed a deal where the loan officer gave the buyer an understanding about their closing costs. And closing costs are expensive, guys, just in case you don't know, especially in New York. It's usually yeah. 4 to 5% of the, the purchase price for a single family. And prepping the buyer on that is very important because they're already putting down 10, 20% for a down payment. They're paying for appraisals. They're paying for inspections. And now they've got to all of a sudden pay closing costs. So you have to really prep them on that stuff. And this person prepped them on a very large amount. And by the end, it was almost half of that. So he wasn't super happy with how his loan officer handled the closing costs conversation. Yeah. Um, now, you know, maybe the loaning officer was new. Maybe he was, you know, less experienced than some of us in the industry. However, you know, do your homework. It, it costs nothing to do your homework. Go home, study, figure things out. Uh, have that conversation with your client. Um, another one I got recently was a pre-approval from a buyer lead that I got from one of my listings for $800,000. And yep. I didn't know the bank or lender that had given them the pre-approval. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go through, you know, my own mortgage broker, get that checked out. And it turned out to be around five fifty dollars to $600,000. So did the loan officer say why? They didn't um, include taxes. <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. You just don't include taxes? In yeah, I mean, ta taxes, fine. So for those of you that, that don't know, when you're pre-approved, you have to take property taxes into consideration for the same reason that you just said before, Mark. Yeah. Closing costs are expensive in New York. Same with property taxes. If yeah. there's the taxes are anywhere from eight thousand to thirty thousand, which is not uncommon in New York, especially where you do business. Thirty thousand is still cheap. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> where you do business, it's significantly more. I know. Yeah. So it's like cause that is factored into your debt to income ratio, right? Yeah. So that's just 
bizarre. So I always, you know, with agents that I work with, of course, that, you know, we always say refer who you can, but if yeah. you're not able to swing them, at least talk to the loan officer, go yeah. over the pre-approval because it's it's not just the company, right? It's yeah. the, the pre-approval is only as good as the loan officer Correct. that wrote it. Yeah. Right. And that, that reviewed the file. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely key. And look, it, it takes you five minutes, probably less yeah. to call a loan officer that you don't know and say, hey, just can you give me some perspective? What yeah. is your pre-approval process is, is like? You know, I get those phone calls anywhere from one to four times a day. Yeah. Right. And it's a lot of loan officers get insulted, but you cannot blame the realtor, right? Because there are what, 600,000 loan officers nationwide. I'd say probably only 10,000 of them know what they're doing. So, you know, given that, and I mean, it's a made up number, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was accurate. Yeah. So, you know, given that it's, you can't really blame them, right? It's that they're the ones like for us, it's easy because we sit, or at least I do, I sit at a desk all day, right? And so it's easy for us, but they're running around, they're driving, they're showing them home. So yeah. to take you know, three to five minutes to quickly verify the pre-approval. As a loan officer, we should not be insulted. If anything, yeah. it is a sign of a good agent and potentially a good partner for you as a exactly. loan officer. So take, you know, humble yourself and take that as, you know, a chance to grow a relationship. Worst case you don't, but best case you do. And this way you get a deal done together. It's that simple. Exactly. And, you know, it's it sucks when you get a buyer lead or a seller lead and they're like, oh no, I don't want to work with your attorney, your lender, your inspector, your somebody. It's like, listen, I've gone through this. I've seen the worst and I've chosen the best. I choose the best to work with because I want to have the best experience for my clients and I want to have the best experience for me. Yeah. I don't want to be chasing you around to get a pre-approval or an update or, you know, is this loan clear to close yet or call an attorney and they're like, oh yeah, we'll call you back in three days. No, I want to work with the best. And so trust us when we recommend people. That's all I'm saying. Yep. It's like, we know we've, we've seen the worst, we've got the best and we'll refer you the best. So it's, it's simple. It is. It's, it's really simple, but there's yeah. a reason why. And buyers and sellers, they're like, oh, you know, you're in cahoots with them. Like, no, it's just, I want to get deals done and they get deals done. <laughs> well, look, to, to be fair, that is a thing in the business, oh, yeah. right? There are legal kickbacks going on yeah. and uh, plenty of, of shady people, but there are a ton of good people in the business yeah. too that, that do the right thing. And I find that doing the right thing is actually more, it is efficient, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're being like sneaky and you're trying to pull off, you're spending so much energy. You're trying to retire on one deal. Yeah, exactly. And the, and it never works because they'll always have a terrible experience. Yeah. Like I know loan officers that work at like these, these smaller lenders that have bigger margins than us. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the reasons why they only do one, two deals a month is mm -hmm. because their rates are high, their service sucks, and they're just, they're trying to bang them mm -hmm. and they're paying you know the realtor quarter to a full point on everything and it which is completely illegal obviously yeah um you know honestly like my opinion is that if you need a kickback whether you're a loan officer or a realtor not only are you breaking the law but you are a loser and you're lazy you, yeah you're lazy <laughs> and it means that you suck yeah. at your job and you need to get better if you need business or if you need money from another person and it, it i know realtors who or i should say i have known realtors that probably not in the business anymore from, yeah <laughs> um from the loan officer 
the attorney, the title company, and the home inspector, right? And they just try and bang on everything. Yeah. And they are honestly the biggest losers in the business. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason why they don't get repeat customer service because look, the people who are willing to pay and give you money mm-hmm. are typically unethical people that exactly. don't do the right thing. So even if you're recommending them, they suck. Yeah, exactly. And personally, I haven't come across anyone that's, you know, offered a kickback or requested a kickback or Give anything like that way. but it's like you know it's it's too much honestly yeah. it really is you're a freaking loser if you do it that's it period okay so Let, let's get into some fun stuff yeah which um what's the best way to segue into this <laughs> we'll just go right into it yeah. talk about Sohan. all right um so if you're watching this on social, you know I am coached by Ryan Serhant. Uh, I am part of his Sell It Like Serhant men- uh, membership program. I am in the pro mentorship program. Costs a ton of money, but it's incredibly worth it. Yep. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm here today because you need to create content and you need to brand yourself and you need to position yourself in your market as the expert. Mm. And so that's what they really preach. It's absolutely awesome. They literally... Like if you sign up with them, they reach into your business. They go, hey, listen, this is where you're screwing up and this is how you need to fix it. And you're like, "Okay, great, because I needed somebody to do that. Like for the longest time, I was like, I wish somebody else would just look into my business and say, you're screwing up on X, Y and Z and ABC is how to fix it. Um, And they do that for you, which is awesome. Um, Not only that. Mark, before you go further, I want to kind of take a step back is. A lot of people, forget a lot of people, almost everyone needs mentorship yeah. in, in some form or another. So obviously you have to kind of humble yourself and admit that, which yeah. a lot of people don't. But what what was like the, the light bulb for you that said, hey, I, I need to do this to, to grow my career? And what made you decide? So I had been, I got into the Sell It Like Starhand course long before I actually got into real estate, long before I was licensed. Oh, cool. Um, like a month or two before that. I was licensed and I got into the course. It's like 10 bucks a month. I paid like $500 to buy the course. It was awesome. Um, highly recommended if you guys want. Um, I actually do have an affiliate link. <laughs> um, As you should. Yeah. And so I got into that and it's awesome throughout the community, but I was like, all right, you know, I pay, you know, X amount of dollars per month and, you know, I get questions answered. There's some referral work that gets done through there. But the main switch was they offered a mastermind summit Mm. in Manhattan, in Soho at their brand new office. And it was like a couple thousand dollars, nothing crazy. But I went there and it was like a, uh, a baby version of the pro mentorship. That's what a lot of the pro members that were already signed up. They told me they were like, this is like a baby version of pro. And I was like, oh, okay, we're done. I was like, I'm buying pro. Mm. So that was really the switch to go full-fledged into mentorship because now I have a little bit of cash in the bank. I can afford to go and get myself a coach. And like you said, everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach, guys. Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, Relentless, great book. Um, And so that was really the switch because when I went there, not only was I surrounded by such amazing people in this industry that are doing 10 times, 50 times more business than I am, the just the ideas that flowed and the positive energy and as hippie as it sounds like it is the positive energy Um, because there are a million people in this world that would be like, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that or like, why are you investing in your business? It's a waste of time. Just go sell more houses. I'll sell more houses because I invest in my business and the mentorship program and the coaching and et cetera. Um, So that was the main trigger to go into the pro mentorship program. Um, The Mastermind Summit, there was 25 spots open 
And I was debating whether or not that I wanted to go into it. And I actually called a friend of mine who is at the Bronx office that we have. And I was like, hey, listen, like, would you do it? And I was like, hey, this is how much it costs. This is, you know, what they offer, et cetera. And they were like, you absolutely need to do this mm. because they knew I was a big fan of Sirhan. I watch a lot of his videos. He's very inspirational. That's definitely an inspiration of mine to be closer to his level. Um, and his story is just great because he went into a brand new market and crushed it. Um, if you don't know Ryan Sirhan, follow him on Instagram. So that was the switch. Like I called them up and I said, listen, should I do this? And they were like, absolutely, you should. So I went down there, had the time of my life. It was like a three-day vacation for me, but it yeah. was all work. And after that, I was like, yeah, like three weeks later, I signed up for pro. Excellent. So that was the main switch. Um, but it's absolutely awesome what they've been able to do for me and referrals too. Yeah, like I get a decent amount of referrals through the through the not only the network but from Ryan Sirhan himself, because yeah. he doesn't have a Westchester person. It's amazing. So I am that Westchester person. There you go. <laughs> well, I think that's also key to say because a lot of people are concerned about the financial investment, right? So yeah. you've made it. You know, forget just the um, what it's done for your approach of the business, but you've mm -hmm. made it tenfold just through referrals through the people that you met yep. through the event. Yeah. Yeah, I've closed um, quite a few deals with them so far, not from Sirhan himself. Those are just starting to roll in right now. Um, but I closed a listing in Porchester earlier this year that we got through a, a Sell It Like Sirhan member. And they were absolutely awesome clients. House sold in six days, over asked because the market's crazy. Um, and my marketing was good. And, you know, made probably eight to $10,000 off that deal. So that right. paid for the mastermind and the monthly cost and et cetera. Um, so the well, money does come back. So, something to also mention, right, is that obviously like you you got there and you worked hard and you, yeah. you showed who you were. It's not like you were like, I'm going to sign up for this, meet these people and they're going to send me business. Yeah. You like you, you, no, took, you yeah. took it seriously. So <laughs> yeah. like, well, I, I say that because if someone's watching this is like, OK, I'm going to do it because I'm going to get referrals. Yeah. It's not that simple, no. right? You have to connect with the people and, you know, there are people that signed up for pro. Do. Like I checked, I, I researched pro before I signed up and I reached out to a few people and the overwhelming, you know, response was, yes, absolutely do it. It's a thousand times worth it. Just do it. And there was a few people that were like, oh, I didn't get much out of it. And I look at their social profiles and it's and all that good stuff. And I'm like, that's because you don't do anything. Yeah. You're not connecting with your people. You're not building those relationships. And, uh, that's why they didn't make it or they didn't find value in the service. Um, and so, you know, when I went down to the mastermind, I connected with as many people on Sirhan's team as possible. Yeah. Not only because, you know, they're New York City agents and they're awesome and they're crushing it and they're selling millions of dollars of real estate every single day, but because one, you can ask them for any sort of advice that you need and they're always reachable and it's Manhattan. I want those Manhattan buyers to come up to Westchester. That's the trend. They're going to, you know, those, oh, Manha yeah, they are. They those Manhattan buyers come up to Westchester constantly. And I want to be that person. Um, well, you are at this. Point, exactly. So. Exactly. And so that was the goal. And that's what I did. And I connected with him and I had great conversations. But if you, you know, go to the course and you spend the thousands of dollars and you sit there and you just sit in the corner and you go, well, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. You know, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's going on? You don't connect with anybody. Yeah. Nobody's going to send you business. Yeah. You're not going to talk to anybody. Like there are people there that I don't know what their voice sounds like. like yeah. I don't actually remember their name or their market center, but I remember they were there. And that's their fault. Yeah. You didn't do anything. No, they didn't do anything. So, so 
Mark, what what is next for you with Sirhunt? What is like how how has it evolved your business? What are you planning to implement that you learned from it? Um, so the content strategy is definitely number one. So okay. branding. Um, like I said, they reach into your business and they fix everything for you. They tell you how to fix everything for you. Again, kind of, what's, it's up to what's you. Specifically? Uh, so website, uh, social presence, so LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you're doing TikTok, they'll do TikTok. If you're doing any other social apps, they'll do social apps. Sweet. Um, they're not going to tell you how to fix Snapchat or something like that, but the main, you know, the main ones out there. Um, not only that, but they're going to actually force you to do lifestyle photo shoots. They're going to uh, request that you do video shoots. They're going to show you exactly how to do um, video walkthroughs of your listings. They're going to teach you how to do, you know, pricing strategies. Like the insane amount of stuff that they teach you is just, it's 10 times worth the cost. Well, um, but well, b before you continue, quick, yeah. quick thing. So on regarding like the video stuff the lifestyle shoots yeah uh, i think a lot of people in the business are kind of shy yeah when it comes to that stuff i mean what's your approach do you just like get on with it or does it not phase you yeah you have to get on with it yeah. honestly you start and then eventually you'll break out of that shell like when i started in the industry i was not you know this confident person mm. i would did not have high self-esteem i was not confident i wasn't great in front of the camera i was not a great speaker um, and I'm still not, but you know, there's always room to improve, but I'm a lot better than I was, yeah. you know, I would not have agreed to come down here and do the podcast two years ago yeah, because I didn't know what I was talking about, or I was afraid to be in, on camera or I didn't want to speak or whatever it may be. Um, but it's just like a muscle, you know, you get, you have to train it. So you got to start. It's like the first day at the gym. You got to go. What a great analogy. You, know, you, so you got to go, you got to go. And then eventually you'll just keep working at it. You know, you have to have discipline to keep working at it, but you have to keep working at it. Yeah. yeah so just, it's, it's just like if you want to lose 100 pounds, start. like you got to do it. Yeah. You, you got to start. And that's the only thing that I can give people is just start. Got it. Okay. Um, there was more before I interrupted you. Sorry, continue. Yeah. So um, next thing with Sirhan and, you know, that whole coaching is just I have a year long uh, contract with them. So I'm excited to go and see what's coming because I'm only in month one. And they've already sure. done so much for me. Wow. Um, so the growth over the next year is going to be absolutely insane. It's hopefully exponential. Um, aside from that, I obviously want to sell more real estate, sell higher end real estate. So, you know, just everything, build more relationships, build better relationships and overall continue building the business. What are your predictions for the market over the next couple of years? Market is going to start to slow down. It'll depend a lot on mortgage rates. You know that just as well as I do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was at the business planning clinic yesterday and somebody had mentioned like, oh, home sales are going to be uh, increased by or home sale prices are going to increase by 22%. And I don't think that's true because you take a $600,000 house in Yonkers, which is pretty much a single family home, three bed, two bath, etc. And you bump that up 22%, it's not going to happen. That's $720,000, you know, give or take. Yeah. You can't afford that. First-time homebuyers will not be able to afford that. So prices will have to calm down until people's income can catch up. Yeah. Um, Which it looks like is starting to happen. Yeah. You know, because everyone's like, you know, it's the great resignation because yeah. people aren't taking on jobs that they hate or yeah. they're not paying enough. So I think a lot of employers are already bumping salaries mm -hmm. and income and uh, and that will result in increased home prices. But not yeah. yet. No, not yet. It'll come. It's, you think it's going to come down then up? 
I don't think it's going to come down. I think it's going to plateau for a little while. Gotcha. I do. I think, you know, we've had this insane bull run for 18 months, almost two years now. And, you know, where prices are just skyrocketing. And I think it's going to start to slow down. It's going to, you know, it's reaching the top of that little peak. It's going to plateau for a little while. And then it'll just steadily increase from there. Yeah. Um, because interest rates rule all, you know, it's you've, if you have more purchasing power through your interest rate, then you can afford to overbid on that home by $50,000. But if it's all of a sudden interest rates are now four and a half percent, you know, in the next coming two years or whatever, whatever the fed decides to do, um, then you can't afford that million dollar home. Now you can only afford an $800,000 home. Hmm. And so you got to look at smaller homes or, you know, the price has to come down on that home. Yeah. Um, so that's where I see the market going in two to three years. It's going to start to level out. It's going to start to become more of a, and I, I don't think it'll be a buyer's market. We won't say anything like 2008, 2009, 2010, but it'll be less severe of a seller's market. Gotcha. You know, we'll see like four months on market rather than, you know, one day. four days on market. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, everything just flies off the shelf. And, and that's specific to Westchester and New York because there are areas in other, you know, states that are just two hours on market, 74 yep. offers, like 100 grand over ask the only, in cash. <laughs> the only counter to that is that we still have very little inventory. We right? do. So, but I do agree. If, if rates go up, it's going to push a bunch of people out. But yeah. the thing is, they're projecting rents to go up by 13% in 2022. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, well, screw this. I'm going to buy. Yeah. If they can afford to, which exactly. again is, is difficult because so many New Yorkers, again, because life is so expensive here. Yeah. It's challenging to save money for a transaction. It is. And especially if rent goes up. So now you're paying $3,000 a month for your three bedroom. And all of a sudden now you're paying a 13% increase. So you're paying $3,400 a month for your three bedroom. Now that $400 a month savings that you would have put towards a down payment is gone. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You know, it's, you're going to work harder. You're going to get a promotion. You're going to get, you know, a side job, or you're just going to continue renting. So that's why I see the market calming down is because whether people like it or not, there are people that have to buy their first home. Yeah. You know, and it can't just all be Manhattan buyers that have these insane budgets. So, you know, people every day working, you know, blue collar people making $100,000, a year got to afford these $700,000 houses. Yes, because that's who they're for, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there are also people that downsize. Like I have a client looking for like a $600,000 house in Yonkers, but she's going to be paying cash. Mm. So that's all well and good. Must be nice. Yeah, I mean, must be nice to have good that in the account. Got a proof of funds. So yeah. sorry, I couldn't send it to you. But, you know, cash is king. Winner I'll, takes all. I, I don't blame you, man. I get it. Especially in this market. Appreciate it. I got you. Um, so that's where I see the market going. I mean, it's got to calm down. It's got to. We do have low inventory. And so buyers still can't be picky. Mm. But it's, you know, it's got to calm down. Hopefully. Price appreciation for, for has to thing. stop. Yeah. I mean, we've, I think it's we're up, slow. for the past two years, it's up 10, 15%, depending yeah. on the market. Each year, which yeah. is freaking insane. Yeah. Um, okay, man. So any any final thoughts to leave the audience with? No, I mean, um, the one piece of thing, the one thing that I would uh, touch on is just like, if you are considering getting into the industry, just know there are now more agents than ever. Yeah. But it's also a great time to be in the industry if you work smart and work hard. Um, and that's the most, you know, bland statement that I could put out there, but well, it's true. You don't want to just be another statistic, right? Yeah, you, you want it's to true. This thing with ferocity, you know? you know, and it's invest in your business, work hard, work smart, do your homework and be humble. 
that is like the five pillars of becoming a successful real estate agent in 2021. I, I think that's genuinely great advice. Yeah, honestly, because. And, and you can be humble and confident at the same time. Yeah. Right. Which I think you do very, very well, Mark. Oh, thank you. Right. Because you still like you have it. You have the drive. You you can be assertive. But yeah. You can also stop and say, OK, what can I do yeah. better? Yeah. I'm not the king, but I'm trying to be there. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> That's it. You know, I'm trying to be like you. Let's... Eventually. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the king of England one day. Yeah. Um, OK, man. You know, so, 007. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate you, Marky. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Absolutely. Thank you for having maybe, me. Maybe we'll do a recap in a year. See where you're at. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. All righty. Peace out. Have a great day. Adios.